Chapter 16 of History of England in Words of One Syllable. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anita Sloma Martinez. History of England in Words of One Syllable by Helen W. Pearson. Chapter 16 Elizabeth. Elizabeth was the child of Anne Boleyn, and she was known as a Protestant. She had been well taught, and knew both Latin and Greek. The first thing she did was to set free all the Protestants who were in the jails. Then she brought back the Bible, and had men pray in English in church. When Elizabeth rode through London to be made queen at Westminster Abbey, there was great joy and all sorts of fine shows for her. The streets were gay with flags, and here and there an arch was made and bound with wreaths. As the queen rode neath one of these, a boy was let down from cords, who gave the queen a fine Bible, and then was drawn up once more. The queen was seen to kiss this Bible and press it to her heart, and she said it was the gift most dear to her of all she had had that day. Queen Elizabeth took wise men to help her rule the land and with their aid England was at rest, and trade and all the arts of peace had a chance to grow. The queen had a dread of war, and in all her reign did what she could to keep her land free from it. In her reign, Protestants came from lands where they might be burnt for their faith, and made their homes in England. Some could spin and weave and dye cloth, and as they set up the work of their trades in their new homes, the English learnt new arts. You know there was a fair young queen of Scotland by the name of Mary, whom they had sought to wed to Edward the Sixth. She had been sent to France, where she had wed the young king of France, but he did not live long. Then the young queen of Scots went home to Scotland. Her life in France had been so gay that she did not love her new home or its folks. She took her French friends with her and did not care for grave things, she sought to feast and dance and sing with her gay friends. The land had grown Protestant while she had been gone, and this did not please her. At last there was a war of Protestant and Papist in her land, and in the end the folks said she might be a Papist if she would let them be free to be Protestants and serve God in the way they chose. But she had to say that if she had a child, it should be brought up in the Protestant faith. Mary had wed one of her own kin, Henry Stuart, known as Lord Darnley, and they had one son by the name of James. Mary did not care for Darnley, but chose one Bothwell for a friend. So when Darnley was found slain, it was thought that the vile plan to kill him was hers, though she had been at a ball at the time. And when she chose to wed with Bothwell in three months, all were sure of her guilt, and the Scots rose and said they would not have such a queen." Then there was more war, and Mary was put in jail, but by help of one of her friends she got out and sought to be queen once more. But the Scots would not hear of it, and they made the child James their king, with Lord Murray and some more lords to rule for him. Mary went to England then, to see if Elizabeth would help her to get her crown back once more, and she wrote to the kings of France and Spain to say that if they would help, they might get England as well as Scotland back to the Pope's rule. She wrote to the Pope that if they could put Elizabeth out of the way, all would be well. 
at this time the protestants in all lands were not left free to serve god in their own way and were put to death for slight cause all this went to rouse the hearts of the protestant english and to make them fear the plots of mary the puritans one and all were her foes and said she should be put to death at this time too took place what is known as the massacre of st bartholomew a crime that has left a stain on the fair fame of france which all time cannot wipe out on the day kept for st bartholomew all the great heads of the protestant church were brought to paris to see their young chief the king of navarre wed to the princess marguerite the king of france charles the ninth a young man led by the fierce catholics to believe that there was a plot to take his life gave a sign that when a bell should toll a great force should fall on the protestants and slay them all at once when the hour was close at hand the king was led to a place where he could see the sad work through all one night and two days the protestants were shot men their wives and babes and were flung out in the streets till the stones were red with blood in all france the same vile deeds were done from that day the king did not know an hour's peace he would cry out that he saw the huguenots fall and their groans were at all times in his ears he did not live but a year from those days of crime and blood in england the news of such a deed came with a great shock to all and the court wore black for a sign of their grief and just then a real plot was found out that put an end to all hope for mary queen of scots some young men with weak heads with a jesuit priest at their head made a plan to kill the queen they were so proud of this plan that they got some one to paint them all but there was one of them who told all to one of elizabeth's chief men and then the whole plot was known the men were caught and mary was told that all had been found out elizabeth was told that while she kept mary she held the wolf that would some day kill her they brought out the queen of scots to try her she said that each charge was false and that she did not write what was shown in court but it was known to have been done by her hand queen elizabeth sent word to parliament to know if they could not find some way to save mary's life but they said no there was no help for it mary must die at last the queen who felt that the plots were real and that she could not be sure of her own life if she let mary live sent word that it might be and that she would sign the writ of death the queen of scots felt sure that her time had now come and she wrote to elizabeth to ask three things first that her grave might be in france then that her head might be cut off in the sight of all and third that all who had been her friends should have what she left to them and be let go to their homes in peace it is said that elizabeth shed tears as she read this but she did not write to mary she put off from day to day the sad work and it is said was loath at last to sign her name to the writ of death but at last it was done mary on the last night read her will and went to bed and slept some hours then she rose and spent the rest of the time till the break of day on her knees at eight she was dressed in her best clothes and took leave of those who were with her she went downstairs with the man who was sent for her with her bible and cross in her hands two of her maids and four of her men were with her 
in the hall was a low block two feet from the ground with a black cloth thrown on it the hall was full and on one side of the block stood the headsman in a black suit while they read her doom to her she sat on a stool when they were done she said once more that the charge of guilt was false and that all the crimes laid to her were part of a state plot to get her out of the way she said she would die in the catholic faith one of her maids put a cloth on her face and she laid her head on the block and said more than once in latin into thy hands o lord when her head was cut off and held up it was seen that her hair was quite gray she had borne her fate in a brave sweet way and the fame of the fair face that had long grown worn and sad with years and grief is still kept fresh and light in song and tales to this day philip of spain sought to wed with elizabeth but she would not hear of it then one of the sons of the old queen of france was thought of for her the queen did not say no to this for she sought to keep friends with france but at last she said she would wed no one and she thought she could rule the land as well the queen knew that the best way to make england strong was to have good ships so that she could meet her foes and fight them on the sea and not let them land on her shores she had some wise men to sail her ships for her and they went to strange lands and brought back tales of the life there and men and things they had found sir francis drake was one of these and sir walter raleigh who could fight on the land or take the lead of a ship at sea was one of the great men of the time he took out the first folks to north america and they gave the name of virginia to their homes he first brought home from south america a root which is much in use for food and a weed which meant smoke and chew the first time they saw sir walter smoke in england they thought he was on fire and sought to put him out queen elizabeth had her faults in those days it was not thought wrong for those on thrones to say what they did not mean and so men could not trust the word of the queen or her chief lord burley at all times if they thought it best for the land they would say that they would do what they did not mean to do elizabeth was small it is said but made out by her grand ways to look the queen as age came on she grew more and more fond of dress she wore big hoops and tall ruffs of lace and gems strewn on her robes she is said to have had more than ten score of gowns and a score and a half of wigs she had some grand men in her court and philip sidney was one there was great grief when he met his death in holland where the queen had sent some troops to help the protestants who were in the harsh hands of philip of spain as sidney rode faint with thirst from the field of the fight some one brought him a drink in a cup just as he went to raise it to his mouth he saw a poor man worse hurt than he who kept a sad gaze on the cup sidney put the drink from him and said take it friend thy need is more than mine philip of spain at this time got up a great fleet to come down on england and bring it back to the rule of the pope the queen heard of the plan and sent out one of her great seamen who had been round the world whose name was admiral drake he set sail for the port of cadiz and took and burnt scores of the spanish ships and that kept them back for a whole year 
but in that time they had a great force and gave it the name of the invincible armada for they felt sure it could not be beat the heart of all england was like the heart of one man to rise up and beat back this bold foe from their shores the great mass of the catholics were true to their land and both sides of the thames were made strong with forts and all were in wait for the proud spanish fleet the queen rode out on a white horse and made a speech to the brave troops and was heard with cheers of joy then came the spanish armada with its ships set in the form of a half moon and it was of such great size that it was more than six miles broad but the english were soon on it and they took all the ships that got out of the half moon one night the bold drake sent eight fire-ships right in the midst of it then the spaniards strove to get to sea but the english gave them chase and then there came a great storm just as the armada went through the straits of dover this drove the ships from their course and broke them to bits so that the coasts of ireland and scotland were strewn with their wrecks the english felt that god had come to their help and that wind and storm had fought for them lord leicester who had been a great friend of the queen's and had at times thought he could get her for his wife was dead elizabeth took his stepson the earl of essex a brave young man for her best friend he had the ill luck at last not to please her and she sent him to rule ireland from the harsh way she wrote to him he thought he must have some foes at court so he did not wait for leave but came home and went straight to the queen she was in a rage and would not hear him for she was vain and had been told that he made fun of her then essex who was proud and hurt broke his sword in her sight and flung it from him and what was worse he got his friends to stand up in a sort of mob for his rights this made the queen send him to his house she told him to stay there but she still felt for him for when he was ill she sent him broth and shed tears for him he spent his time with his books but when he found that the queen took from him some of his rights he grew in a rage and said she was vain and old and no more straight in mind than in her form some of the court dames were glad to catch up these words and tell them to the queen but more than this essex and some of his friends laid a plot to take the queen and make her change her head men and send some from her this was found out and essex was sent for but he made out that he was ill then one day he made a start with a few friends with the cry for the queen for the queen a plot is laid for my life but no one came to their help and the earl got back to his house where the troops came to take him to the tower but the queen still had love for him and thought she would keep him there till he sent some word or sign to her but he did not and she thought he was too proud to beg for her grace and at last she set her name to the writ for his death so essex lost his head on the block but when he was dead the queen found that he had sent her a ring by one of the court dames and that this ring got in the hands of one who was a foe to essex and kept it back when the one who had done this was sick to death she sent for the queen and gave her the ring and told her all the heart of the queen gave way and from that time she grew all at once old and weak she would not lie down but sat up till she sank in death she did not speak for days till at last she told the archbishop to pray for her 
and so death came to her who had been so brave and strong in sixteen o three shakespeare wrote his great plays in the time of queen elizabeth End of chapter 16